Hey folks, Brian here. I uh, just wanted to come on real quick before the show and apologize. Uh, this is a morning show and I have no excuse except that I was half asleep. I forgot to hit the record button on Voice Meter Banana here. So the only audio I have is from the stream itself and it's not the greatest and it kind of cuts out at the end. So I'm really sorry about that. It's pretty unprofessional and excuse me, I'm, I'm, I feel like such an idiot, but when the stream was working, we got a lot of good stuff in with the folks at uh, not only THQ Nordic, but Digital Reality, which is a nice surprise. So I hope you enjoy the show. And we had, we did have some Discord connecting issues as well. So there are a few times where Reinhardt kind of popped out. Uh, so I apologize for the technical difficulties for this particular episode. But I hope you enjoy it regardless. And thank you for listening. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and since we're doing a morning show, I am your only co-host this morning, because I don't know if you all know, but uh, Jim and Hunter are three hours ahead of me uh, in North Carolina, so they're at work right now, so they couldn't join us. But I do have two guests uh, joining me from across the pond over in Europe. Uh, Our first guest is Reinhard Police. Did I do it right? Apologies. Yeah, exactly. Hi. Yay! Hello, everybody. Uh, business and Product Development Director over at THQ Nordic, and Balaj Vajvari. Did I do that one okay? Perfect. Yay! Hello. Yay! Uh, lead Programmer at THQ Nordic, and he is, uh, Reinhardt is in Barcelona, and Balaj is in Budapest. So welcome, gentlemen. Good afternoon to you, I guess. Uh, it's morning here, but good afternoon. Hello there. Good afternoon, everybody. I want to thank you for joining me. I'm very excited to talk to you because, uh, I mean, I, I was t- talking to Reinhardt before the show about the great work you guys have been doing uh, with community uh, engagement and uh, goodwill. And that, and and uh, you guys have been acquiring a lot of properties lately, including a bunch of very beloved space games. So I kind of wanted to start, if you don't mind, kind of from the beginning. So... If I, if my, uh, if... Let me let me let me just quickly jump in. So I wanted it. to explain. So so Balash is actually um, not exactly part of THQ Nordic, but oh. he was um, one on the original Imperium Galactica team, and Holy, he also what? worked with us on the Imperium Galactica remaster that we just released. Wait, what? You waited now to drop that on me? Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god, hi! I thought it's more funny this way, right? You son of a gun! Hi! Oh, we just lost him! Oh no! <laughs> Where'd he go? Oh, there he is! Uh, oh my god, Balaz, you worked on the original uh, Imperium Galactica games? Sorry, I, I lost connection for about 10 seconds. Yeah, but, no, uh... no worries. Uh, Discord might be having an issue. Uh, uh, Reinhard just explained that you worked on the original Imperium Galactica uh, game. Uh, Imperium Galactica 2. Oh my god. Oh my god. Huh. Okay. Damn it, Reinhard. I don't know if you guys knew this. Uh, for for about fift- 10 or 15 years, Imperium Galactica 2 is my favorite uh, 4X game. It's still like up in the top two, uh, almost tied with like Distant Worlds. Oh my god. 
Oh my god, I love Imperium Galactica 2 so much. God, this is a nice surprise. Oh my god, hi. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Before you get too excited, let me just explain it a bit. Okay. I write that the at at when when we were finishing Imperium Galactica 2, so I wasn't there all the way through. Uh, I was there at the end, and I was there when uh, when things got a bit complicated about the Imperium Galactica IP, oh. right? And that's when we started uh, Hegemonia, Legions of Iron, which came after Imperium right. Galactica, of right, course. Right, yes. So, so that's, I think that's what, I guess that's what Reinhardt was explaining, that I'm, I'm not exactly part of THQ Nordic, but I'm the one who worked on the, on Imperium Galactica, and I'm the one who's working on, well, who's been working on the, the remastered version of it. Well, I have to thank you, first off, for that remastered version, because uh, I uh, tried to play the disc version um, a few months before you released uh, the, the, the latest version, actually, I tried to play the disc version on Windows 7. Didn't go well. Didn't go well at all. It, it only wanted to run in a window. Uh, I, had yeah. to, I had to force it in a window. Uh, I, I think, I don't remember if it was either a command line or DX, uh, WND, you know, that utility that lets you put older games in windows. Uh, somehow I had to force it in a window, one of those uh, ways. And even then, whenever I would load up, I think the re- the shipbuilding screen or the research screen, it would just crash outright every time. Yeah. Yeah. So- yeah. I'm, uh. I, I I I have a little story history of it if you if you want to hear about it if I do want to get there I do want to get there I did want to start yeah, at, okay. fine. <laughs> I do want to get there I did want to start at where this whole uh, journey with Nordic and everything began though uh, if I was reading correctly it Nordic began as kind of a company that sweeped up all these old uh, Dreamcatcher and Joe Wood properties am I am I remembering that correctly. You guys there? Oh. Nordic Games. Nordic Games was a company doing some casual games on the Nintendo Wii. Uh, oh. And that's how it got into publishing, right? But it was not very popular. Um, and in 2010, 11-ish, the owners decided to move into core gaming markets. So we saw like um, the retail markets are declining and um, casual games, they will have a tough time. And it's really... They're a really good market environment for core games, especially on the Steam platform. And that's why they acquired um, the Joe Wood and Dreamcatcher IPs, where some really cool ones were in there. Belforce, The Guild, Equinox, uh, and some other really cool ones in there. Yeah, I, w- I was looking at the properties. I mean, Spellforce is, is one of my favorite. I love the Spellforce games, so that's exciting. Uh, but you got... Uh, you got um, what well, I think you got Aquinox out of that one as well, and maybe Dungeon Lords. I think, am I remembering correctly? Seems to be a delay. Mostly. Yeah. Um, so, and and that's um, kind of what started the road to where we are today. Now, uh, what? Where did the idea come from to like start, like? Uh, re uh, revising and re releasing these these classic games that everyone loved. The first one I'm remembering was Titan Quest that you guys did that Titan Quest remaster. Was that the first one? Uh, I think the first one was actually uh, a remaster of Red F- Faction Guerrilla. 
on Steam. Oh, right. I forgot about that one. Yeah, you guys, didn't you take the, the games with Windows Live thing out of it? I think, and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, Took cancer out of out of the <laughs> game. <laughs> there is a cure for cancer if it's called gamers games with exactly. Windows Live. Yeah, we have it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember um, that one right. Yeah, yeah, that's how we all got started into. It. I mean, first of all, our our philosophy is like that the games um, have always a certain value. So there is no need to kind of like abandon them and um and why are that our philosophy we we find an objective to make game that we own available on modern systems and as good as possible and you know sometimes with older games like imperium galactica 2 it's kind of hard to remaster those um or or make some improvements to the game to make it like a lot better but for example, on Red Faction, it was just an easy win to rewrite the renderer to DirectX 11, um, and and that it performs way better on modern systems. So, since you mentioned uh, Imperium Galactica 2, let's get back to that because that one I uh, I've noticed a lot of late '90s, early 2000 games are particularly challenging for. Uh, for uh, Windows, modern Windows systems, like, um, like say, I don't know if you noticed, but like, for example, Interstate 76 on GOG, to get that running properly, you have to kill Explorer.exe to get that running <laughs> properly, which is ridiculous, but that's the way it works. So, uh, so, uh, Bellage, um, let's get, let's get to your story, because you mentioned it earlier, like, because I want to hear that story about how you brought the challenge of because even back in the day, uh, Imperium Galactica Two was something of a beast to run on people's machines because of the the great graphics. I think it still has great graphics, but back in the day, the graphics were something of a um, something uh, of, of something really unique about the game. So, what were like? What was the story that that held? What was the story about bringing Imperium Galactica Two, the remastered version, to the modern uh, OS today? Okay, so it's actually a really long story. Uh, it started we got in 2017. Time. We got time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it started five years ago when Digital Reality, the original developer, was still going on. And we were actually working on an Imperium Galactica MMO game. So <laughs> wait, uh, what? you probably don't know. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Okay, stop right there. I need to hear about that. Before you go on about Imperial Galactica 2, what is this animal game? Hit, is okay. it like a zoo tycoon type thing? What are we talking about? Uh, no. So Okay, so so Digital Reality, actually the owner of Digital Reality reacquired the Imperium Galactica license in, I don't know, like six years ago. And uh, one of the things that we yes, saw... It must be in 2010 yeah. because it was owned by yeah. Atari who were... Yes. Um, before they, when they were infograms, they merged with GT Interactive, and they had the rights. Oh right, um, yeah, yeah. Imperium Galactica. Yeah, that's right. That's right. 2010. Yeah, and actually, Atari was always really hard about uh, selling their IPs because I was also not about Imperium Galactica, but I also had some discussions around that time. Um, so good job by Digital Reality on reacquiring that. 
Oh wow! Okay, I didn't know that because I wasn't involved in in business <laughs> relations, but but we did, and we started uh, like planning uh, a, a new Galactica game. We were kind of divided within the company whether we want to do like a like a new 4x game or an MMORTS. Is there? Is is that a thing? Is there a thing something like that? Okay, so an MMORTS, <laughs> which was yeah, which was going to be basically what it sounds um, a massively multiplayer RTS space explorer trader whatever game. Um, well, it didn't really work out well. I mean, uh, we we released one tech demo called Stargazer. It's not online anymore, but it was in two thousand and thirteen, which you can you can find one YouTube video of it. If you if you if you search for Imperium Galactica Stargazer, there's one video of it on YouTube, which was just a uh, uh, like a procedurally generated planet and um, solar system. Demo. Oh you can, yeah, you can I remember that. I remember I was very excited about that because it was like, ooh, new Imperium Galactica. But it was never clear as to what the game was gonna be. Ah, uh, yeah, because because nobody knew back then what was what the game was, was <laughs> gonna be. This this is was was something that we we, we just released to like a, it's like a playable t- trailer, if you, well, or more more like a teaser. It's a P, it, it was our PT, only shorter. And less scary, but so that 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 was the plan. It didn't it didn't work out well. But the other thing we we did about Imperium Galactica that time was to do an iPad port. iPads were new back then, and we thought that Imperium Galactica two would be great on an iPad. So we started working on it. And uh, you mentioned your problems with Imperium Galactica two getting it started on modern computers. Well, the reason is that it was just so buggy. The original game. And uh, older Windows were quite forgiving about it, but newer versions aren't. So, like, so like if 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 the game was trying to to read a memory location that doesn't exist, the new systems just just crash. Well, not crash, but killed killed the application. The old ones didn't do anything. The reason. <laughs> huh. Oh my god! I didn't even know that. That's amazing. It's it's horribly buggy the original game, and um, so we started working on the iPad port and we finished it. It was quite it was still quite buggy. We fixed a lot of bugs by porting it, and then years later we did an Android port. And on the problem on Android was that that devices were so different that we we couldn't we couldn't put up with the four three display anymore because Imperium Galactica was hard coded, like hard, hard coded for four three aspect ratio. Um so mm. so w- with the Android port we had to like do something about it. So so I actually went in and changed a lot of the user interface and rendering port like arbitrary resolutions. And that's what you see on the on PC version, which is it, so basically, it's a continuity. It's continuing the mobile port, but it's not the mobile version. They are using the same code base. The render is changed. Bugs are fixed. Their interface is like um, fixed or made uh, made play nice with modern resolutions. Uh, a lot of textures just changed. I mean, I think Imperium Galactic is one of those games where it you, you look at it now. At the remastered version, and you said this looks exactly how I remember it, but it really doesn't. 
<laughs> I was thinking that though. Like it's like exactly how I remember it, but okay. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. You'd be surprised. This is one of those it, it's not like a, a remake, but but like subtle remaster, but a lot of things have changed, like fonts and uh planet textures and Ooh. user interfaces effects a lot of uh, small things they all the same we we didn't change the the art style which is okay in my opinion it it's it's still okay i'm not saying absolutely fantastic but this is one of those games that have i i i i always thought it has to look similar to what it looked like because because people are expecting that this is true. This is true. We uh, gamers gamers are a finicky bunch or a fickle bunch, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, so many times I see gamers like, "I want that game re-released. Just make it look better and change nothing else," like all the time. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? People actually don't really mean it. I mean, I they know. want they want they want the same game, but they want it to you know to to support this and to support that and and to run it widescreen and to run it whatever resolutions and and uh and we released it on p c i think it it's quite okay it's quite nice um i'm still i'm still working on king um like ironing out kings of the multiplayer component because that's always a nightmare of course <laughs> and uh that's right. yeah, well that's well you know that's the truth. Especially um, the way that the Imperium Galactica multiplayer oh, is built. Oh, you want to yeah, share I mean, some rants about that? Yeah, yeah, hit oh, me because yeah, I, I would love to. I, I've never played it in multiplayer, so I'd, I'd love to try it at some point. So please, yeah. Well, uh, if you, yeah, if you ever played it uh, in, in multiplayer, you probably know what the desync is because it kept desyncing all the time. Unfortunately, it still does sometimes. Uh, it's just it's a wonder it works. I mean, I mean, Reinhard knows that I I I could rent forever about the code of Imperium Galactica. It's, it, it was really in a, in a bad shape. And, we, and what we're doing is, right, we released it on PC. And I'm, I'm, I'm very active on the forum because the, the community is great. They, they're giving me all this feedback. We pushed out two patches with all the, the fixes they, they requested on, on the forums. And it's great because, you know, the great thing is it's, it's like a, it's a really old game. And I don't remember all the little details, how it worked and how, how all the scripts worked and how all the events played out and they help in and they sending save games and oh it crashes here and I get the save game and I fix it and line and it just works works well. I think I think right now uh, right now the the rating is up and I think that's because we we, we actively engage. Yeah, I mean that's that's a big part of not only like trying to get these older games to run i'm sure but any releasing any game in this day and age is you got to be really engaging and uh active with the uh, community and uh this is a much beloved game like i never owned it on the ipad or the uh or i never i didn't have a tablet that could run it um but i know a lot of people love those uh mobile versions and i was very happy i was i almost bought an ipad a couple of times because i wanted imperium galactica 2 <laughs> I will be perfectly honest. Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> it's it's a, it's essentially the same game. Uh, the there are some slight changes to the user interface, and and funnily enough, you can still you can still activate the mobile user interface on PC, and it's uh, it's it's in the settings. And I left it in there because well, a it's easy. 
code anyway. And B, some people actually preferred it. It's changing screen. If, if you're only playing with the mouse, which I don't know why you're doing that if you're playing Imperium Galactica, but if you, let's say you're doing that, uh, it's, it's just easier to switch screen. And so it's there. It's part of the, part of the mobile heritage, so to speak, of the, of the code base. And am I remembering correctly that in the in the newly remastered uh, PC version, you could still you can uh, yeah you can um, enable that if you want to. Am I remembering that yeah, correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Correct. No, no, you're remembering. Yep, yep, yep. Absolutely. There is awesome. actually a setting which is not exposed, but it's in the code that enables you to use uh, touch devices on the PC. I mean, that- um, I I I personally developed it on a like a huge. I used to have a. Um, 55-inch touchscreen. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And I played IG2 on it. Oh, oh I'm, so, I'm so super jealous. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I, I, I buried the option because the original... Okay, so the original release on the PC had... I mean, the original remaster, unfortunately, had it auto on auto-detect. And and we had feedback that people with uh, with tab with Wacom tablets connected, they had no mouse course cursor, but they didn't realize because the game auto detected the touch device, they could actually play with that. That's that's awesome. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about: giving the users all these choices in how they play their game. That's great. Uh, oh, we have a question from the chat room, not Imperium Galactica two related, so we'll get back to that in a moment. Uh, we have a question regarding uh, the uh, Elex, E-L-E-X. E-L-E-X, yeah. Um, there's a question regarding, I guess the question is how, uh, your relationship with uh, Piranha Bytes, and uh, can you tell us anything about that game? That's the question. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, we started to work with Piranha Bytes in 2014 on that game, and the relationship goes also back to when we acquired all the Joe Wood properties because Joe Wood had the publishing and distribution rights to the Gothic series. So Gothic 1, 2, and 3. And this was done by by Piranha Byte. So we were always in loose contact. And um, I mean, they they are like one of the pioneers of the modern open world RPG, I'd say. I mean, even the Witcher 3 game director was always telling in an interview he reference is gothic 2 um and you could see a lot of elements that gothic 1 and 2 pioneered um so when they were done with their recent series um they like even before that they approached us and and said like hey it's time for something new for us and we want to work on on totally different but also an open world rpg um and might be interested and we looked at it, we were kind of interested in that, and then we signed up with them, um, yeah, worked with them on 14, basically. Yeah, we are looking to finish it. Um, Leaks finally. Very exciting to see how all the um, players like um, the innovations we, we brought into the game. Setting and our vertical exploration uh, feed. It certainly looks gorgeous. I was looking at it on your site yesterday, and uh, yeah, it looks visually amazing. We're also doing it for uh, the console uh, platforms, which is like 
not relevant here in this community. Um, but for us, it was also um, important to, I mean, first of all, make a console version, but on the other hand, don't let it hurt the PC version. Uh, a lot of developers, they are so focused on console controls, UI and stuff, that the game doesn't feel well on the PC. And for oh us, God, yes. it was Thank always you. the goal um, <laughs> yes. that the PC version has to feel like a proper PC version and also support lots and lots of options and, um, so that it runs on, on multiple Hang on, Rana, you keep cutting, you keep cutting out. Uh, oh, still? A little bit, yeah. Uh, folks, I apologize. We seem to be having some uh, connectivity issues with Discord a little bit this morning. Uh, it's not a huge deal. It's just every so often. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to fiddle with it now uh, while we're live. But uh, yeah, I've, I mean, I I changed the servers and everything, so I think this is probably the best we can do. But folks, I apologize for. Uh, the connection issue we're having with uh, Discord, uh, hopefully it'll iron itself out um, along the way. Now, uh, well, thank you for answering that about Alex. That looks really cool. And apparently Alex, Alex in the chat, not Alex, but Alex over in the chat, uh, all thinks Gothic is one of the best RPGs ever made. So uh, he seems to be uh, right there with you. And the, uh, um, in, the, in, in the love of that series. I know a lot of people who love the Gothic series. I haven't really played them much myself. I should, though. I think I own them. <laughs> Isn't that the way yeah. now? Isn't that the way now? I own that game, but I've barely touched it. Yeah, that's 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 how it seems to be anymore. So, Balaj, uh, getting back to Imperium Galactica for a moment, um, I'm guessing that the first game was a lot easier to port over because I, I, I have that on disc as well, and I played that uh, straight up in DOSBox, and it ran without a freaking it was a little like it was a little speedy like i had to turn the cycles down a bit but other than that it ran way easier than its own sequel so so uh, actually on the on the remaster we didn't actually touch the code of the original imperium galactica because we are actually don't have the code yeah it's kind of it was never back up properly and we never got it right it was anyways um written in an architecture that would be very painful to work with. Um, so the the version we put out is also a DOSBox emulated version. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, wait, so you, so you own half of it? Did I hear that right? Well, we own it fully, but... Oh, but you have access to half. Oh, that's so sad. I hear that a it lot. It happens all the time. I hear that a lot, yeah. Like, I, like one of the biggest... Um, uh, sad sadnesses about that uh, apparently is that the code for Homeworld Cataclysm apparently, which a lot of people, which is why it wasn't part of the remaster, uh, has been long lost, uh, and a lot of people are really sad about that. And apparently that happens all the time. I didn't know that, but apparently uh, that old code just people don't back it up or it just gets lost or it gets lost in a move from one company to the other. You know, as the as the properties get acquired, it's just it's. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, the same happened to Imperium Galactica 2 as well, actually. It still is happening right now because, um, for example, uh, originally I only had the, the English version, like uh, every, like subtitles and voice and everything. I had no other 
uh, assets, no other language uh, versions. So what I did when we did the Android version, I actually, I actually put it in the Android uh, store description. Hi, I'm the developer. Does anybody have the other language versions of the game? Please message me and FTP me the ISOs. Oh my God, that's amazing. And I got, th- and I got them. Oh. In oh, one great. week. Oh my God. All, all of them, all of, all of the existing language versions. And I still miss some files. For example, just recently on the forum, somebody said, hang on, the t- tutorial had voiceover. And I was like, really? And I checked it on YouTube, and it does, the original. And I can't find the files for it. So now I'm on the, on the lookout for, for those files. Oh, dear God. So, th- so this is like an ongoing version of trying to scrape the old game together. It's a good thing oh. we had the sources for it. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. I, 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 I guess this is probably one of the reasons a lot of people don't like unless you're a larger company with the time and uh, resources, a lot of people don't just bring those old games back because it's just too painful. Like a lot of people are wondering why there's no digital version of Freelancer out there, and uh, this, this this kind of thing might be the reason why, <laughs> which is sad. <laughs> this is very very. Sad. Oh yeah, it's it's very very easy to lose these files, and the other thing is that, uh, like 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 Reinhardt said, Imperium Galactica One was was in a well it was written in a language called Pascal and it was very popular back then nowadays less so and it's kind of <laughs> hard to like put it together on a modern system it's not impossible but it's really a lot of would be a lot of work not to mention fixing the bugs and the problems and everything else so it was probably it, it was just it was just much more practical to release it as as it was in a dust box environment IG2 had already like uh, updates for it, so it made sense to okay, let's let's go for it and let's make it. And and you know the, the good thing is that with this code base, with this version, it's probably okay for another twenty years or whatever. <laughs> oh, really? Let's see how it looks like in ten years when there are uh, several yeah. new Windows versions and to screw everything up that the previous <laughs> ones did well, and we have to remaster it again. Oh, yeah. Well, at least there's something to begin with, you know. <laughs> now, I want to talk about another uh, remastered game you all did. And Balaj, you probably didn't have anything to do with this one, but and I hope that's okay. Um, yeah. But Nexus the Jupiter Incident. Um, that was a wonderful surprise when that hit Steam because that game felt long abandoned. Like, multiplayer didn't work. It was buggy on a lot of people's systems. You had to hack it to get it to work in widescreen. And then one day we get this patch that fixes all of that. And it runs wonderfully. And it's still a gorgeous game. Like that game Jeez. came out that game came out in what, two thousand four? Yeah, two thousand four I think originally. Yeah, and thirteen years later it is still one of the prettiest games in the genre. And and I'd love to talk to you about the work that went into bringing that up to uh Speed, as so, it were. That's a funny story because um, the original development studio was also based in Budapest, Hungary. The project actually started as Imperium Galactica 3. Right. Um, yeah, and they even released a tech demo. But the then publisher of the project lost the license for Imperium Galactica for, I don't know the exact reasons, 
uh, but I think they just had a time-limited license. Then they reworked the, the whole project and the developers anyways didn't want to do like a 4X game. They wanted to do more like a, a cool space game and then they came up with this tactical fleet simulation mechanics and stuff. Um, which I think is part of why Nexus is still unique and great. Um, yeah, but um, so the development team, in right after Nexus was finished, um, they, they were uh, forced into bankruptcy um, with some other projects um, having some, some issues on um, And why are in net bankruptcy actually the the Hungarian authorities ordered to destroy all hard drives and servers of the company. Wait, what? Um, yeah, there was also something involved with... Um, so the developer, they, they put together a second team um, that worked on a, on a military uh, strategy game. And they were hired from a competitor, also a Hungarian studio. And of course, they were not happy that they hired their prime team, right? And so they came up with this story that there was code theft involved and kind of talked the authorities into, well, it's for real. It has to be destroyed and stuff like that. And that's why they did it. Um, and so the code to Nexus was lost for almost 10 years, I guess, since basically okay. acquired it. We acquired it on the premise. We have no code. Well, we had a code base from like, I'd say nine months from ship um, where patches would have been really painful to develop because like half of the game wasn't written in that code base. But um, I basically ch um, chased up a lot of people from the dev team and they, they like told me, hey, we were approached so many times by the former owners of it and we really wanted to do because we are so proud of the work we did back then but we just don't have it right um it's not possible it's lost um and well one day i think it was around uh new year's and christmas um i talked to somebody um in a position where i knew like he has to have somewhere backups and stuff and he said he told me again the same story and then he said like Oh wait! I found these 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 discs. Maybe I check them because they are unlabeled. And on one of these unlabeled discs, there it was—the source code. Of oh my god, that's so amazing and fortuitous! Oh my god, exactly. And then then we started right away. Um, you know, reworking it, upgrading it, making it better, uh, adding features what the community requested. And once we were done, we were just like, hey. Let's just drop the bomb, right? <laughs> Everybody was so happy, I think. Well, okay, before we dropped the bomb, we invited, I think, about 20 players for a closed beta test just to make sure we didn't fuck up something. Oh, nice. Yeah, that, that was a really nice surprise. And that's something you guys seem to be doing with a lot of your properties, are these nice surprises. Uh, yeah, that's that's stuff like that. I I really love to do uh, to dig up old stuff and games that are really still unique and have a have a good following to just available again and see if there's a potential for a sequel. Well, uh, a lot of people wanted me to ask you about a Nexus sequel, um, 
if there's any possibility because apparently I never finished the game because I don't finish games very often, but apparently it did leave open the possibility of a sequel. Um, yes, I think it did very openly on the story side. So I wouldn't rule it out, but I'd say at this point we have nothing to announce about. Sure. <laughs> I mean, we, we just finished like remastering everything. We actually, I think two months ago, we just put out mod support uh, with Steam Workshop support. So if everybody, anybody wants to create mods, go on Steam, get it and share the mods, right? Oh yeah, that uh, that was also amazing. And uh, Chris over on YouTube is asking if uh, Nexus will be getting any Steam achievements at all. Is that in the cards? Uh, to be honest, I don't think so. I I have the feeling Steam achievements are very relevant for a, a small group of people. Um, and with if the the architecture is just not built for it, it's kind of. I wouldn't say it's it's not very hard, but kind of hard to bring it in afterwards. Um, yeah, and so so it so at this point, I like our decision was to it's just relevant for a too small number of people. I'd say. I'm sorry for uh, who was the uh, name? Uh, it's on YouTube, uh, Chris Balton. Uh, it's on it's on the YouTube uh, chat. It's not in Discord. Sorry, Chris Balton. We'll <laughs> do it with our new releases, of course. Um, but yeah, I want to talk about, um, getting to older releases, um, because I said I could talk about this all day. You guys recently, I think it was late last year, like September, I think, acquired the pretty much entire Novologic library, which, oh, yeah. which is relevant because there's Tachyon, the, beyond the friend, Tachyon, the fringe in there. So, uh, there are, there's a space game in there. And I was kind of sad that Novologic only did one. I mean, their flight sims were so great and fun, and they could have done a million space games, and they all didn't even have to have Bruce Campbell in them. Um, they could have done like a whole series worth of space games, and they would have been great, but they only did the one, which is kind of shocking. Um, but yeah, you guys acquired all of them, and I wanted to know, um, because a lot of them are on Steam already, um, and some of them are on GOG, but I wondered wanted to know what your like general plans for those were, especially in like the multiplayer arena, because I don't know if Nova World is even still running. So you know? Nova World is still running, and oh, we wow. plan okay. to to keep it going. Um, so I mean, this is initially this was also part of of a lot of discussions on on how we approach it. So initially there were some some thoughts about like replacing Nova World and with some more modern, more like that we also run our other games on. Um, but we decided to stick around with Mo Nova World for a while because um, it just works and makes... Yeah, yeah but yeah, the, the aim is to keep multiplayer going because I think all of the Novologic games have multiple... They pretty much degree. do. Yeah, they pretty much do. Yeah, it, it was a actually a company strategy they wanted to be like from the i think mid 90s on they wanted to have multiplayer in there and they they always tried to um be the first movers um with uh, their multiplayer services fortunately the company was on its own and lost their long-term partner electronic arts at some point and so it was kind of hard to get um good projects going for them and they um, had to 
basically let go of their prime team, I think. Oh, that's that's really a shame because for a while they were like a force of nature in gaming for like the 90s and early 2000s. Like you couldn't get away from their games and you didn't want to. Like I remember like one of the first multiplayer experiences I had uh, was um, that I enjoyed was the was it F-16 and MiG-29? I yeah. think you could yeah. you could play those against each other in multiplayer, which was kind of unheard of back then. I mean, Falcon 3 had it kind of, sort of, but it didn't work that great. Um, so, yeah, I remember playing multiplayer F-16, MiG-29, really enjoying it. I mean, they did a re- they. You could tell they really, really cared about a. Uh, I'm not going to say entirely seamless, but I think as seamless as possible for the time experience exactly. when it came exactly. to multiplayer. They were like so. the The core of Novel Logic was, unless a lot of other game companies, it was always um, tech people, people that cared about tech, so programmers that worked on the games and on the. The 80s, 90s, um, but at some point they just couldn't get um, you know um, competitive projects together, and then so they slowly kind of ramped down and stopped doing games or developing new games on their own. I mean, there is one of the there is little known about it, but there's a Delta Force game that never shipped. Um, it was in around 2009, 10 ish was meant to be a battlefield competitor essentially and like a tech from scratch that worked on PC, PlayStation 3 and Xbox 60 at the time because it wasn't possible to fund the project of you know a few million dollars uh without doing console versions um and they wanted to do like massive multiplayer um shooting experience consoles but in the end um it just didn't work out for them uh, oh man because because those those shooters were for a while insanely popular with the shooting community if i remember correctly exactly i mean there's still a lot of like delta force players and get emails a few times per week um that tell us hey bring it back do something good oh, wow yeah, that's that's at some point our plan. We just have to understand more what the players like about Delta Force and. De- well, I could tell you, I I didn't. I only played mostly single player with the Delta Force games, but I loved how they weren't super. This is with a lot of Nova Logic Sims. They weren't super realistic. They were just realistic enough to be fun, but they didn't lose sight on that it was a game and that it was supposed to be fun. Which I I think Novologic always did well, and like I always loved about the Delta Force games, like yeah, you could snipe a guy from a kilometer away, you know, because um, and and you didn't have to worry about wind so much and stuff like that, uh, and still made it fun, still made it very visceral. And mm-hmm. yeah, those were those were great games. I think I own most of them. What was their last game? Was it the battle? Was it the was it the Black Hawk Down games? Were those their last? Um, I think their last proper one was Joint Operations. Joint Operations, yes, yes, yes. And then they did they did a, a a quick remaster of I think one of the first Delta Force games called them Delta Force Extreme. Oh one yes, and two. yes, I've seen that on Steam. Yes, 
And it's kind of interesting that Steam has a lot of their games, but not all of their games. I guess it's a that's an EA licensing thing, I'm guessing, because some of their games are published um, under EA. Actually, not. This is all resolved. Um, oh. And so, where is so Ultrabots? Was... Sorry, where is Ultrabots then? That's the one I really want is Ultrabots. <laughs> so with Ultrabots, it's actually really a licensing issue, I think. Um, I, I have to look at was I there is something that that blocks us or or we lost data or something about that but i think it's a licensing issue oh. but it's not related to ea or some other gaming company because novologic was always financing their titles on their own um and ea was just a distributor and they oh. contributed some funds in advance but it was always their strategy to be always on their own Oh, okay, that that's pro- that was probably smart for them, even though ultimately it sounded like it hurt them uh, in the end. Exactly. For a while, it was very smart. I think they were going really strong in the around the millennium. Yeah, and then consoles kind of took a hit to PC gaming for a while, and a, a lot of things suffered, like space gaming, for example. It was It was kind of a shame because their space game came out on the tail end of the like golden age of space sims and if it had come out maybe a few years earlier and i don't want to you know i'm not trying to judge or second guess them but it it came out kind of a little too late for uh for it to really get a lot of traction which is a shame because it's a really good game tachyon uh but uh if it came out like a couple years earlier it might have gotten a lot more traction so it's kind of a shame but I'm I'm super excited you guys got that license uh, for Nova Logic because there's a lot of great folks. If you're if you're not familiar with Nova Logic, they made so many great games: flight sims, first-person shooters, a robot game, a space sim, just a bunch of great stuff. And God, I, do you, did you play the original like Comanche back in the early '90s? I did. Uh, I think not the first one though. I think I'm I'm too young for this, but I've I've heard many times the story that this was the basically their entry into computer gaming. Um, that they discovered Comanche around like 1990, realized oh wow we can play games on on these devices and this is awesome. Yeah, I mean the graphics, especially at the time, their voxel graphics were like freaking mind blowing. Uh especially back in the pre-3D acceleration days. Uh, but it was, the gameplay was also fantastic because it was just so much fun. Like, I think their uh, F-16 sim is one of the very few sims that allows you to drop nukes. Uh, I think even to this day, it's one of the very few sims. There's, I think there's like just a couple of sims that lets you drop nuclear armaments, and that's one of them. Or maybe it was F-22. One of their F-22 Yeah, sims. one of these, I think. Yeah, uh, I I forget exactly which one, but uh, yeah, I think there's only like two or three flight sims that let you drop nukes, and theirs is one of them. So, congratulations on acquiring um, acquiring that. We'll do something good to it. Now, there are a couple other space games that you guys have in your cadre of uh, properties, such as Space Force, Pax Imperia. Yeah, Pax Imperia. Right. Uh, is that both of the games or just the second one? 
it's theoretically both of the games, but I think the first one is also totally lost. Ah, uh, because the first one's the better one, if I remember correctly. The second one is not bad, but it's not. It was a. It was a, kind of a mess, if I re- if I recall. It's kind of a buggy mess. Uh, but you also got Space Force Rogue Universe, which is a really underrated space game. Really. Very- yes, but to be to be honest, we don't own Space Force. Oh, um, I must have misread. I'm, I must have misread. Now, another series I'm excited you guys got that you're actually making a new game for is Aquinox. I'm, I'm, you're, what's the, what's the name of the new Aquinox game? I'm, I'm, oh, I'm totally blanking. It, it's like deep something. What's the name? <laughs> Sorry, folks. Uh, I guess we're having another, uh, um, server issue. But uh, yeah, there's a new Aquinox game coming out. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, it's not Deep Impact. I don't know why I keep thinking it's called Deep Impact. But that is not what it's called. You mean? Deep, Deep Descent. Yeah, no, we lost you for a moment, Reinhardt. I don't know what happened there. Uh, again, folks, apologies. Right. We're having some issues with Deep Discord. But yeah, I'm excited that you guys got... Um, the Aquinox series, and uh, the game is Deep Descent. Yeah. Uh, and that's exciting because uh, that that's always been a fun series. And it's kind of like there aren't enough space sims underwater, in my opinion, which is pretty much what the Aquinox games are. Um, so I'm really excited uh, that you guys acquired that one. What can you tell me about uh, the new Aquinox game? I mean, so first of all, it also has a really uh, interesting story how we put together this project because um, on the Joe Wood IPs, I kind of sat down and said like Equinox is something where we need to do a sequel because it's something cool and unique and that's not done a lot. So it has good chances on the market. Right. Um, and But to be honest, the first Equinox games were like not that successful and also not that kind of a cult following. So it's kind of hard to make a case. And that's why we ended up doing a small Kickstarter to see if there are enough people interested in that. And eventually we reached our goal on Kickstarter and are now in full production of that game. Which is Um, exciting. Yeah. So, I mean, as you described it, it's a space game underwater. I mean, that that kind of describes the gameplay um, in a nutshell. But we also, so our biggest reference in terms of space game is actually freelancer to a certain degree. So we have a lot of RPG elements in the game um, so that you can um, go on stations, talk to people, accept quests, uh, salvage resources, craft new weapons and stuff like that, upgrade your ship. Um, while the first two Equinox games were mainly uh, shooting games yeah, that, without that, that much, much depth. I think that's one of the reasons they're not looked on as fondly as, say, um, the successor Archimedean Dynasty, because Archimedean Dynasty was a bit more open and more privateer, freelancer-esque, whereas the Equinox games are much more linear. And uh, that's exactly. kind of not, not what people wanted. People wanted the more open... 
which sounds like what you're going for, which makes me super excited. Exactly. Because- yeah, we want to definitely, I mean, we understand like the most popular in the series is actually a Hemedian dynasty. Oh, yeah. uh, and oh, so yeah. we want to wanna tie in first on the on the dark, deep, underwater atmosphere that Archimedean dynasty offered and also on the openness. Uh, I think Archimedean dynasty is still a bit more of a underwater submarine sim than what our game is. Um, but we are definitely not a, a bullet hell action game over the top and stuff. So it like one of the first challenges of this project was actually to make it look like look and feel like an underwater experience. So make it really dark, make the light play in a nice way that it kind of guides you uh, and it kind of also scares you and it gives you the feeling. So everything, even like when you, when you, when you shoot and stuff, um, the bubbles and stuff, it should all feel like you're underwater. And that was the, the first objective, and I think we we fit that, and also a lot of other uh, stuff in terms of um, how our systems work. So we are now hard working on the content of the game, actually, which is which is awesome because uh, it looks great. And uh, I, I have to admit, I didn't give it much of a look beforehand because I never really disliked the Aquanox games, but it was like, eh, Aquanox, eh. But now that you're telling me it's more of the freelancer variety, I'm like. When can I pre-order this? <laughs> Any game that's anything like Freelancer, to me, sold. You know, <laughs> just, just give me more of that kind of open, fun, shooty, RPG-ish, you know, gameplay. And I'll just play it forever. You know what I mean? People still play Freelancer. People still mod Freelancer, you know? So why that formula isn't copied more, I guess it's probably difficult to do, but... I'm I'm really glad to hear the next Aquinox game is in line with that. Um, another game I wanted to ask about um, is Dungeon Lords. You guys are uh, you guys have that one right? So it's actually owned by its original creator David Bradley. Oh. We've been working with him on bringing it to Steam, um, and yeah, we we wanted to work more on it, but. It's kind of a difficult relationship, um, say. Oh. Although it's 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 very um, great to work with him and and so. Right. Uh, did you guys bring? Did you guys have anything to do with the current version that's on Steam? Ah uh, yes. Okay, I want to some say issues with that, right? Not really. No, uh, I we uh, we played it in multiplayer a couple of months ago. And we were just very pleasantly surprised how much fun it actually was. Because it looked, because that game was very maligned for many years. And uh, I got the Steam version because I heard it had like the great co-op. Plus, apparently, it's not, it's not bad now. Like it was buggy and a, it, it, it was very maligned for many years. But now it's actually, good job. It's a solid, fun, it's still quirky because, you know, 2002 you know, games were different back in 2002. Let's be honest. Exactly. But uh, it's it's very quirky. old school. But but yeah. but the way that the the uh, class and skill system plays out, if you play it for more than two or three hours, it kind of unravels its potential. And yeah. when you realize how you can combine abilities, classes, and stuff, then you're like, wow, this is amazing. And I mean, 
the original developer, David Bradley, his history goes back to the Wizardry series. Exactly. So yeah. He always keeps saying he he created the RPG genre. Um <laughs> and yeah, he was definitely part of that movement and he, he understands RPGs. Yeah, and yeah, we played um probably about three or four hours uh in co op so far. And it's shockingly fun, y'all. If you have not played that game, because one, it's it's old school, so it's quirky. So that kind of makes it fun in its own way. But two, yeah, the classes are really a lot of fun. And the game itself is kind of ridiculous. Like, the world it puts you into is so wacky. It is such a crazy world. Um, but the, the combat is great. And if you use a service like Evolve or even Steam, the multiplayer works great. Like, no, we had, we had no issues getting the multiplayer to work. We we actually so our part on that was we provided the the connectivity layer um, because that was one of the core problems or is still one of the key issues with peer to peer games that mm. if you are behind a, a router it's kind of hard to connect and match players. Um, kind of have a solution that that solves that even if you are behind multiple firewalls and layers of routers and network security kind of can connect. Oh, that's cool. That part. That, that's actually also used in, in Nexus. Yeah, I think for, I think for uh, Dungeon Lords, we might have used Evolve and used the LAN functionality. I, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember. Uh, but however we used it, it worked great. We didn't really have any problems uh, at all, which for a game that old is impressive. You know, getting older games to run, especially in multiplayer, is a challenge and a half. You know, so. So um, I think I think Balash actually has also some more interesting stories to to tell about the other space games and projects he worked on during oh his God. years at Digital Reality. I was gonna so, I was gonna roll back to you, Balash. So please hit me up. <laughs> oh yeah, that, there was one more space game that wasn't. Uh, after, I think, right after Hegemony or Hegemony, I don't know how you say that. Uh, I don't either. I don't know we if were... anyone knows how to say it. Uh, Hegemony. Yeah, let's say, let's say Legion, Legions of Iron. <laughs> That's easier. <laughs> yeah. So after that game and after the DLC of that game, we, we were, were contacted uh, by a publisher, Activision. And we were for a year. We were working on a on a space RTS that was called Star Trek, which was going to be really cool. Wait, 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 <laughs> Actually, wait, 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 what? <laughs> we were working on a Star Trek game for a year. Oh. Um, yeah, actually, I, I think if you search for cancelled Star Trek digital reality, you might see some footage. I think it's not uh, in well, it's in game, but it's more graphics oriented. But it, it, it looked gorgeous. It was a fantastic looking game. Uh, if I remember correctly, it wasn't 4x, so it was closer to Jupiter uh, incident than uh, Imperium Galactica. But it was gorgeous, and we were really heartbroken when well, what happened? If you remember that, that was in 2003-4, and Activision and Paramount had a bit of a fight. Oh yeah, and because of yeah, and because of that, they canceled most of their ongoing uh, Star Trek related projects, and we were one of them. And it's a bit of a shame. It was it was kind of a game changer within the company. I mean, my our, our company because that's what pushed us away from the space genre, basically. 
Sorry, I, I found the video and I was just looking at it and wow. the same for me. <laughs> wow. Man. That's 2003. <laughs> oh my god. And and what really I think ticks me off the most about that is that there aren't enough good there there aren't enough good uh Star Trek games. There really aren't. Yeah. There 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 have been a few since then, but at that point there was nothing basically. I mean nothing yeah, there hadn't been on a good this one. scale. Yeah, there hadn't been a good one for a couple of years at least since what Armada maybe? This a couple at least a couple of years. It was before Armada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh Bridge Commander wasn't that great. Uh so maybe that's why Activision was mad because Bridge Commander was kind of eh. Uh but they never really they never really did a great job with the license anyway in my opinion. No, not really. I mean, I mean, I mean, we all liked it, and uh, some of us were really into the license back then, and uh, we were really happy to be, you know, able to work on. Well, I mean, especially if you, I mean, we we're from Hungary, we're from Budapest, and and this country, the game development is not really known for scoring big big franchises, right? So at least mm-hmm. it wasn't. So, so this this was a big thing for for us as 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 a developer or as a like a citizen of the country right so it was really bad that they that it didn't happen it was pl- I, I think i may still have the playable <laughs> actually i found a, a hard drive recently that had don't say that in public but like... yeah yeah someone's gonna want oh. that don't don't say that right <laughs> i can't i don't no, know no, how no, to... I'm, I'm not sure <laughs> it's so just the video you have the original video balash of, I mean, the original code of the video, of course. That's, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. I, I, it's fully impossible and not my place to own, to own an executable of this game. Um, oh, man. But yeah, so this, this, this was absolutely fantastic to work on. And, and you know what? The, the, the IP holder was really, really strict. I mean, we had these, we had these ships, obviously, like the NCC-1. 701E, right? It's it's the Enterprise. Yeah, sure. And they did the text. I mean, we did the textures, and we sent them for review. And they sent back, and this. I mean, you know how how the Enterprise looks, right? You know sure. what it looks like. Sure. Yeah, of course. They they circled two windows on the texture that they're not at the right place. <laughs> Redo. <laughs> Seriously, we had to redo. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's amazing. They're <laughs> very, very, very protective of the accuracy. If you want to use their, you know, IPs, which which I respect, and I think it was for the better. If you check the video, I mean, I think, except one of the the models, I think all of them are like like uh, production accurate. So this is. Exactly what you see in series. And, and man, it's it's such a shame because the Star Trek games that came out after that, like what, Legacy and Crash, yeah, oh, not yeah. good. Not good. Oh. Like, like I know. We Star- were we were feeling the same way. <laughs> oh yeah. Star Trek deserves a lot better games than it actually gets. It's it's really, really a kind of a shame. But that's yep. a that's an awesome story. So, uh, but let's let's start wrapping up. Balaj, are you working on anything now? 
Besides the Imperium Galactica uh, 2 stuff here? Are you working on anything? I, 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 well, I, I am, but Reinhardt will fill you in with whatever is already announced and whatnot. Okay, so Reinhardt, fill me in. We can talk about that. Balash? Uh, sorry, I didn't catch it. We can talk about what? Uh, Cinemora. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm working on Cinemora. This is not very space game related. It's a, it's but a it's sci-fi. Yeah. Well, it's... It, it, well, sort of. <laughs> we, 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 yeah. we, we focus on space games as our primary uh, source of coverage, but as gamers, we're all over the place. So I've played Sina... Cinemora? Cinemora? Cinemora. 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 <laughs> okay, like cinema. Cinemora. I have played... Um... Yeah, it's Latin. Yeah. Oh, okay. Same. So yeah. yeah, there's a new version of that coming out, like a remastered version or something, I believe. Uh, yeah, well, it's a it's a remaster. It's um, we call it, it more like takes... a definitive editions because it adds a lot of features to it that yes. the original didn't have. So it's like it's like the definitive version of Cinemora, and Cinemora was really a, a beautiful shoot 'em up game, and we felt like, hey, let's do it, and um. Balash was also working on that originally, and he was proud about it still, and uh, he put so much thought into it on how he can make it even better. And, yeah, so we also teamed up for that. Yeah, there uh, there, are a lot of them on the market, a lot of shmups on the market, but for some reason, it doesn't matter. We want more shmups. Just love, love, love the shmups. <laughs> yeah, I... this, this version... Go ahead. Uh, sorry. So this version is actually. I mean, I I always felt that uh, it worked it worked fine on the on the original platforms. That was the PC and the 360 and the PS3, and then there was the Vita version as well. But uh, it was a bit like something was missing, and uh, for me, it was mainly like some sort of multiplayer. And why it it doesn't really lend itself to to like like network play. The local multiplayer aspect was missing and now we are fixing that and uh, yeah 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 there's going to be some cool cope and versus uh, action in it and uh, apart from that um, there are some changes like like English voiceovers because because the original had the Hungarian one on purpose but it always felt like a bit of like yes 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 that was that was done on, on that was absolutely done on purpose. It wasn't like an oversight or like lack of money or anything. You know what? I but don't mind. This... You know what? I don't mind that. I mean, it, it kind of adds flavors if you don't speak that language. It's like, wow, this game is really, quote unquote, exotic or something. You know what I mean? And I like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's still an option. I mean, the everything is in the new version is done so that it can be like switched back to the original. Like for example, there is now a proper sixteen nine aspect ratio support because it was like ultra widescreen. That was one of the big complaints about the game. The, uh-huh. the black bars oh, right. now they're gone, and there yes. were some like shmup related complaints on forums, and I went and I went through it. Uh, last summer, all the I went through all the shmup forums and and gathered all the like the complaints about the game and what and if it if, if it was like feasible to do it, I changed it in the new version. Awesome. And it's and it's all optional, so it can be like like for me, it's a bit of a like half preservation project and and half 
expansion and 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 thq and reinhardt was kind of like the, the good games i mean i contacted them they do you want to do that and and they were like yeah sure let's do it because it's it's for everybody i i actually pushed for the co-op mode remember <laughs> yes yes you did yes that's right that's right <laughs> i always felt like a a shoot 'em up game is just way more fun if you are able to play it uh, in couch co-op at least, like together with a friend. Um, because other than that, it's just like comparing scores and uh, kind of watching somebody else play. So I thought it's a good thing um, to in- try to include that. And Balash and his team came up with a. Yeah, I, I've I've recently um, discovered the joys of couch co-op in the last couple of years. And uh, I'm very excited when more local co-op games comes to Steam because I got a Steam link for that very reason, which is awesome. If anyone hasn't gotten a Steam link, it's a great little thing, especially over a wired connection. It's fantastic. So I have it. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, not, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Not every game works with it, but if a game does work with it, it's fantastic. It's it's absolutely fantastic. Even even like strategy games, if you hook up a mouse and keyboard to the thing, like I was playing Age of Wonders three over the darn thing, it was great. It was really great. So, yeah, Steam Link, folks, especially if it's wired. Um, so let's start wrapping up. Uh, what is what would you what what, what was like the was the big thing you guys are working on right now? What, what what would you like to leave people with as we wrap up? I think we talked a little bit about uh, Elix. Um, so this is our biggest title this year. We talked uh, a little bit about Equinox. This is also a huge project for us um, this year. Spellforce um, 3. Spellforce 3. Very excited about that. Yeah, glad that you mentioned it because I'm I'm running the studio that's doing that. That's oh, another wow. one that we are working on this year. Um, yeah, and we are really wait. proud about where we are. Um, I, I with, can't wait. Um, I, yeah, I love all the Spellforce games. I love them. So I'm very excited. That's got to hear. Uh, so this was very challenging, actually. I would say it's one of the most difficult projects because the first two Spellforce games, they tried to touch everything a little bit, and then they added the third-person perspective in. It's just when approaching a sequel, it was just like, okay, what should we focus on, man? They 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 had any everything in there, uh, but so we also tried to put in everything in there so that it's still the same fun and unique secret sauce mixture. Um, but try to also expand on that and make it even better and give it more depth, because I I felt like for example Spellforce Two was on both the RPG and the RTS aspect, not very detailed. So we expanded that a lot so that it's oh, good. like a complex um, and challenging PC game. Yeah, it's kind of weird with that series. Like the first games did some, th- some things a little better than the second games. And the second games did a few things, if I recall correctly, a little better than the first the games. Re- the, reason, the reason why it was this way is that like when the first one was finished, it sold good but not like like a super big success uh? and so the publisher at the time joe wood approached the developer and said like hey so for the second one just do this and gave them a disc of warcraft 3 oh no <laughs> and, really what yeah oh, no. 
Yeah, and so oh, so God in the sakes. end, like they 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 had to um, tune down a lot of the RTS and RPG mechanics, but they like Spellforce Two was way better in terms of the presentation and visuals, um, yeah. obviously than Spellforce yeah. One. Absolutely, yeah. But it did it did feel a little less uh, RPG e than the first game. Exactly. So so we are bringing that back, like the deep RPG mechanics, even making the the skill and ability and class choices choices more um, like meaningful and deep and. We also focused this this time from the very start of the project on multiplayer. So our whole campaign will be playable in co-op mode. Um, That's awesome. And the the whole um, system is built for really reliable and stable PvP play as well. So we're doing tests since a few months and they all run like smoothly. So yeah, we are proud where we are and um, happy more months on on working on that and we're working hard on shaping up now the content of the game uh, yeah that's that's coming along nicely i'd say yeah it's absolutely gorgeous as well so uh that's due out this year as well spellforce 3 yes exactly oh good um oh good not like, yeah, I, don't have then... enough, not, not like I don't have enough to play but you know <laughs> what's one more and the... <laughs> The, the 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 other the other project that we haven't talked about that it's also due this year is uh, Battle Chasers, which is um, um, the game itself is a JRPG, so like like the Final Fantasy games in the mid nineties, um, and the game is based on a very popular comic book series. Oh that, yeah, it, look, uh, it looks kind of like Final Fantasy Tactics a little bit. I'm looking at it yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's so, awesome also a big thing from us and we are really looking forward to that this is especially popular in the u.s because the u.s the battle chasers comic i'm gonna be i'm gonna be honest i've never heard of battle chasers but i'm not really into comics but this looks really neat i mean i love final fantasy tactics and tactics ogre and i get a really strong vibe Oh wait! Randomly generated dungeons sold. That's all I need. Randomly, <laughs> you put procedurally generated or randomly generated in there. I'm gonna buy it. That's really all there is to it. Password. <laughs> that's, that's really it. That's that's the key to my heart. Is procedurally generated right there and space games. So that's why I'm like, there's so many great procedural space games. Like, ooh. Um, so let's wrap up real quick. Are you guys playing anything you're excited about besides your own games, clearly? Is there anything you guys are playing lately that you're excited about? There is a um, lot of other stuff, but I can't talk really about anything more than what I what we talked about. I don't funny. know, Balash, if you want to share something. Oh, oh I, told the, I, I told the Astas if, if, if we're looking uh, forward to some other games, like... Oh, okay. Well, that too, but I mean, I was asking what you're playing right now. Is there anything you're you're really into right now? Oh, right now, I'm 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 doing the waiting game for Mass Effect. <laughs> yeah, you and a lot of other people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I I kind of I bought on Friday a Nintendo Switch, and I'm playing Zelda all the time. Congratulations! Oh. How are you liking it so far? It's I like it a lot, but I'm I'm a fanboy, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the best reference for that. Uh yeah, I've been a, a seller fan since Ocarina of Time, so I'm really happy that they nailed it again. 
That's yeah. I know a lot of people who are like massive Zelda fans who are really happy with the new game. They not even on the Switch. They're just playing it on the Wii U, and uh, oh, yeah. they're they're quite happy with it. Um, so, gentlemen, I'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your day to talk about not only the classic games that uh, THQ Nordic has been uh, vacuuming up and bringing to uh, Steam and GOG. And uh, again, I thank you for all the work you've been doing on all the because I mean. Us, us older nostalgic gamers have money now, you know? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And we want to play these old games that we loved um, on on the convenience of digital distribution. So thank you, especially for Imperium Galactica, bringing those back. Because I told people for years they needed to play those. I'm like, I don't have an iPad. Well, fine. <laughs> Get so, it on Steam and the Mac App Store now. Yeah, exactly, and and GOG and everything. So thank you for bringing those back, uh, gentlemen, especially Imperium Galactica 2, which is very uh, close to my heart. So just a couple of programming notes before we wrap up, folks. First, don't forget we are running a contest right now where if you leave us a on iTunes and send me a screenshot of it uh, to contests at spacegamejunkie.com, uh, you'll be entered in a contest to win all kinds of codes for things like the entire Wing Commander series on GOG uh, and all kinds of other stuff. Um, details will be in the post on the site. Um, uh, that started last week and it's going for a few more weeks, so don't forget about that. Uh, this Thursday on Multiplayer Madness, we're returning to Dead Effect 2. Uh, very excited about that. We love that game. So we're very excited about that. And finally, next week on the show, we are going to have, uh, back at our normal time, we're going to be talking Lightspeed Frontier. So uh, that's what we're talking about next week. So, uh, gentlemen, I want to thank you again for uh, joining us today. It was uh, great talking to you about these old games. And, uh, folks, if you haven't already, please like and subscribe and do all that other fun stuff. Uh, thanks for watching, y'all. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Let's have some music in here, Boiler. Sure thing. Desert skies, you're cool.